0: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hello, welcome to the Curator Podcast. This is episode 32. Welcome once again to the Curator Podcast. I'm your host Mark Fraser, and this is episode number thirty-two. Thanks for sticking with me; really appreciate it. I recently just announced a show, so if you're in Glasgow, head on over to Facebook or Twitter, and you can hear you can see some more information about that. I used to put on shows before when I ran a when I used to run a wee record label. Um, I kind of missed doing it. I also kind of don't miss doing it because it's a lot of hassle and stress but you know what it's going to be fun it's a genre mashup it's going to be two different bands playing wildly different stuff and hopefully it'll be fun so aye uh, if, if you're in the Glasgow region feel free to pop along to block on February the 2nd and we can have a chat I'll be there obviously Anyway, on this episode, I have a lovely chat with a Glasgow singer-songwriter called Chrissy Barnacle. I came across Chrissy's music when she was playing in Block, actually, for one of my friend's gig nights. And, yeah, I was really blown away by it. She's uh, She's got a really great voice, and she's just an amazing guitar player as well. I've always got a lot of respect for people that can play really complex guitar parts and sing at the same time, probably because I can't do it myself. So, yeah, I love it. I love, I love seeing that live. Anyway... We did this interview in Bigger's music shop and now cafe in Glasgow, and there was some music in the background, which I didn't realise was as loud as it is until after I had recorded the podcast and edited it together, which is a bit annoying. But you know what? I don't think it's distracting and adds a nice ambience to it as well. Sorry for the rambling as well. I just had a whole bunch of caffeine beforehand, so I was kind of just. Talking a bit of nonsense But you know what I guess that's part of the charm isn't it? I don't know You can judge for yourself Anyway I had a really great time Chatting to her And it was so good to finally Get a woman on the podcast It's taken a long time to get there I know And it's really shitty And I apologise But it was it was lovely to have A totally different voice On the podcast for a change It was really good Anyway I'm going to open up This interview with a song From her last EP Called To Speak and this is one of my favourite songs by her, actually. I really enjoy it. It's called Night Ride. I say how are you doing?
3: Yep, all right, not too bad.
1: This is the second attempt at doing this, which is insane. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs>
3: Just bad luck. Yeah, we are cursed.
1: We are cursed. Hope we're, hope we're not cursed today. but we can get it over and done with.
3: Yeah, maybe the curse has been broken.
1: People are looking at us funny, so I don't know.
3: <laughs> we have dark auras.
1: Oh no! So let's go. Let's go to the start. We went to the start before. We've got to start again.
3: Start um, where you mean to begin?
1: Yeah. That's, that's very wise Is that a no Chinese proverb?
3: I think so Did you make that up? No I'm pretty sure it's like a thing Start where you mean to begin No Maybe it's not oh, Sometimes I just you invent You should put things. on a song man I will
1: Where did it all begin That's what I want to know Like where did it start
3: Chrissy Barnacle Yeah Where did it start Good question um, I think probably I started um, I started playing as Chrissy Barnacle Doing this like stuff uh, Back in like 2013 um, I think I maybe did one gig before that but I was really um, nervous I didn't show anyone my songs and then um, sort of just uh, decided one day along with changing a number of other things in my life I was like you know what I'm just gonna just gonna go I just gonna go to an open mic downstairs from me and I just gonna play my songs if people hate them then that's fine um, and from there it's just kind of been like a slow process just yeah, I started going to more and more uh, open mics, playing more stuff and then getting gigs and then, you know, the rest
1: of history. What, what was the impetus for doing, just deciding about, like...
3: I think I'd got to, like... I think maybe I was, like, 20 at the time or maybe 19. And I was, like, had a whole vision set out for where I was going to be at 19 and who I was, like, going to be. And then I was just, like, I am nowhere near that person. What the hell? How did this happen? And I guess everyone sort of does that. Um, but I was just like this, something must give you know I, I don't know I guess I'm quite in, into into thinking about my narrative and uh, and so I guess I felt like there was yeah like it's, it's the same thing of like s- seeing yourself at an age and being like I thought I'd be somewhere different or someone different and, and feeling like possessed with like a a fear, but also maybe, like, a, an, a, an energy, a compulsion that, like, I have to go and do this or at least give it a try because I think that's what I'm maybe supposed to be doing or something.
1: So it's interesting that, like, I think everybody, like you said, everybody does have that, like, they see themselves being somewhere yeah. and then they're kind of not there and they kind of freak care a little bit. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they take sort of uh, that. It's almost like they try and course-correct. Yeah. But obviously, by that point, it's probably too late because, like... It not really affect your life that much in that short period of time unless you do something mental and move to Thailand or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which my friend actually did, by the way. And it didn't, didn't work it out for him. Yeah. Um, but do you do you still do that? Do you still kind of, like, plan... Just like, uh, do you still have a plan ahead where you see yourself, like, in five years' time?
3: Well, I don't know if it's so much of a five-year plan. It's just, like, a sense of, like... I don't know. Like, there's, like... like there's a sense of, like, where I'm supposed to be going and, like, every so often... I like find myself in a situation and be like, "Wait, I didn't want this. Why have I got like double of this? Like, uh, yeah, I think that does happen with me quite a lot. I think I'm quite um, inside my own head, and in in a way, I guess quite um, I guess it's like maybe a, an element of egotism or something yes. where you're like." quite concerned with your own self-preservation or, or something like that but I mean that's probably healthy as well I don't know but yeah definitely I'm, I'm quite uh, infamous for having drastic lifestyle changes off the back of like an epiphany that I've had after like eating four cornettos or something <laughs> like that
1: I, I don't I can identify with a whole sort of not so much the drastic lifestyle changes because I don't really <laughs> I don't really have much of a plan Now that I'm 30 I don't really have much of a plan anymore I know that there's shit I want to do, it, but I don't care to do it. But the whole inward looking and kind of being in your head so much, like, I do that as well. Like, that's a really, really big thing for me. Mm. And you're actually the first musician I've, speak, I've spoken to that actually also has that. And I would have thought that would be quite, like, a, almost a key thing for a musician to have. Like, yeah. this sort of feeling of wanting, like, wanting to leave something. Do you know what I mean? Or, yeah. Like, leave a mark. Yeah. And it's, is it, I think maybe it is egotistical, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Do you yeah.
3: Know what I mean? I mean, we would say that, though, yeah.
1: wouldn't
3: we? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like... Like one of the things that's always like kind of possessed my mind when I've been like, like when I even when I was like writing when I was really young, like uh, before I could play any instruments, I would just like write songs and stuff like that, and it was always like kind of trying to like explain out things, like like to feel like understood or like to or to as a self understanding tool, and I think being introspective is is really good for that. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's like a total. It's just the way your mind works, but like, I'm always completely boggled when people are like, Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I haven't really thought about this feeling that I'm having, and I'm like, What? I obsess over everything I feel for days, and months.
1: Yeah. I totally get that. I, like, I, I don't understand how people can live a life without that. Like, I think. He's probably gonna to listen to this, but I'm just gonna say it anyway because he, <laughs> he knows. He knows. He tells me thinks like This, flat yeah. flatmate, and also the drummer in my band. Like he's, he's always like totally baffled by like how I think about things so much, and I'm like, man, like, how can you not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking baffling. Yeah, it's quite scary actually. Yeah. Um, but that that introspection, I guess, is it does power a lot of your music. I mean, like you're very narratively driven. Yeah. So. Yes, maybe the question to ask off To turn that into a question I suppose Is um, there's a lot of brutal honesty and a lot of stuff you write um, And is that, is that part of that Introspective process of you exploring yourself Or is there more to it Or is it maybe both Like, Is it both character and yourself Or like blurring the lines or is it all yourself You don't need to be specific about meanings and stuff Because that'll probably ruin the mystery For people that listen to your music um, And listen to this podcast obviously But it makes me wonder if that's if that's something you think about.
3: Yeah, I think I think it is a part of it. Like, I think firstly, when I had this big epiphany that I was like not where I was, I was on the wrong course, and I hadn't, you know, that I had the sense that like, oh, like writing songs is I mean it's important to me, and like blah blah blah. I simultaneously, had this crisis of of, of uh, I guess like genuineness it was something like I was really worried about. Um, had like had this big secret relationship that had like gone on for ages, and then I felt like I wasn't like living in the moment. I wasn't existing really, and like the people who I felt like I should be like you know close to the bone with and everything, I was like felt like there was like a weird distance between us. And so then I kind of, as well as being like, well I'm I'm gonna just bloody give it a go playing music. <laughs> I was also like I'm gonna like live completely honestly and have and be an open book and have no secrets anymore and like blah 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 and like. Um, you know and in, in like a two week period I like did all these like crazy things and telling people things and coming out to people and like all this sort of uh, bits and balls. Um so I think that's like I, I think I'm possibly like can be honest to a fault sometimes I don't really don't really have a filter so much and I think so that's an element of it but then I think because of the songs are like this, this kind of a pulling out of the, the spaghetti mess that's inside of me and trying to like I like, move it around and analyze like what so what am I actually feeling and like I think I'll, I've spoken about it with a uh, friends of mine who write songs as well um, and there's a few of us who see every song as like trying to like perfectly capture an exact moment of, of time like but like as if you were in it and looking 360s so, like trying to record like exactly what I was feeling and smelling and seeing and like almost like in a journal type sense and uh, you know sometimes I wrap that up in like a story. Like, or whatever, but uh, yeah, that like it is an exact replica of of everything. And like, you know, I like to do egotistical things like put like little Easter eggs in of like things that actually did happen, or like people's like actual appearances of people who were there, but then like mix it in with other stuff that's like nothing to do really with them, but just something that I've like kind of, yeah, like I guess like layered on top of it as like a little veneer of something else.
1: Is that kind of that is like total, it's almost like a, a kind of like a it's cathartic but it's also like a total recall of of like you a moment is that a painful thing to do to pull that out and and like show it to people because that's what you're basically doing you're kind of like it's like opening up an old wound and like Mm. like, look at look at oh this is ugly (laughs) (laughs) look at this yeah
3: (laughs) yeah I mean there's some songs that I don't play anymore just because it's like probably like not particularly good for me and like Go back and think about that sort of stuff, but then a lot of the st- I, a lot of stuff I really enjoy playing is stuff that's like really like, look at my pain. But it, it's probably in a way maybe it's like helpful that it's like a performative thing because then I think when you there is a difference. I mean for me anyway when I like I'm like oh I'm so sad about this thing that's happened, and then if you can kind of turn it into a performance like I guess the Chrissy Barnacle set is quite a performative one like I do storytelling and like sometimes almost feel like I'm playing this character version of myself even though it's like an honest portrayal of myself as well so I think yeah for some stuff you know especially if it's like really bitter eh, I got dumped songs I thoroughly enjoy reopening those wounds on stage (laughs) thoroughly enjoy it well
1: that that whole thing of not playing songs anymore and the people that I've spoken to that's like almost like a 50-50 split of people I think almost who, who won't play songs anymore because it's not relevant to who they are and yeah. maybe they don't want to reflect that much because yeah. they've done the reflection and like that's it yeah. it's now there for people to listen to if they want to but it's like it's too painful for me to talk about um, and other, other artists like oh no it's important to so revisit that because you know, why wouldn't it?
3: Yeah
1: but I totally get that like I guess my own writing is like one of the best things I was ever told is that you should write your stuff that scares you you know and I like the kind of music you play the kind of focus stuff you play seems to lend itself like more I want to say it honestly but I don't even know if, if that's the right thing to say but a lot more openly yeah. to that idea
3: yeah I guess you can't really hide the words so easily yeah. it's like <laughs> an obvious one
1: <laughs> but like you play, I guess playing solo is you can't hide behind anything you've got to be you've got to be oh, Either flawless or embrace the mistakes. You're not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and it surprises me. I've never asked this before because now that I'm thinking about it, I probably should have asked because I was spoken to quit a lot of like, like solo artists. You know, um, is that aspect something that scares you when you do it, or is it just like fuck it, whatever happens, happens when I'm on stage. or
3: I think so. Yeah. Um. I, like, like exactly what you said. It's like an acceptance thing. And like, I fuck up so much uh, on the stage, and yeah, you just have to. I mean, I think people probably... Like, they don't enjoy it, obviously. They'd rather you probably played every song well. <laughs> but I think there's an appreciation that you are just one person who has also got a life and, oh. like, you know, shit happens.
1: People expect you to play this song like it's on the record. Or I think right, it's anyway, because, like, just go listen to the CD then. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you come and see a live band. you want to see them be human?
3: I mean, I always think it's quite funny. Something Like, it happens, like, maybe... Not well, not super often, but I, I'd say like at least two or three times a year, I'll like I'll have played a show or whatever, and then like a hey, off stage, and like I'll, I'll like be like thanking like you know the same person or whatever, or or like more, or like whatever, and and they'll be like oh blah blah blah. You know that was good, and I'll be like, oh well, I, you know, I messed up this thing or this bit or whatever, and uh, they'll kind of say, oh well, you know, your music really lends itself to like, you know, because it's so raw, like the mistakes yeah. just sound good, and I'm never sure how to take that, but I think
1: I just you just need to take it on the chin. I kind of, that seems always offensive to me.
3: Well, no, I mean I think it's done with it's done with very very much kindness, but I just think like, think it's funny that uh, the rawness somehow I don't know.
1: It makes it makes mistakes okay.
3: Yeah, but I kind of like the idea. I don't think if it is meant to be like a messy journal, then let it yeah. be a messy
1: journal. And, and I guess you're obviously like the idea you're happy with like having that dialogue on stage because I guess that's what you're doing when you're music someone else. It's like a you have a dialogue with them yeah. and you're asking them to Except except your music for what it is. Yeah. And I, I obviously I'm talking to you because I like it. I, I want to talk to artists that I like. I don't know if I've said this in the podcast before. But every single person asks me about it, they always go, I don't need to talk to X, Y and Like, well I'm not familiar with the music, so yeah. I'm going to talk to people that I, that I like. Um, and I'm always blown away as well by like the the really delicate nature of your playing, which is maybe I don't listen to enough folk music maybe that's it maybe like it's probably to be honest the kind of music I listen to is more like Chuck Reagan you know but um, was well, definitely like, almost like a Bjorky feel
3: oh cool does that, does
1: that make sense to you?
3: Um, maybe maybe I don't listen to enough Baroque music
1: oh like Bjork oh Sorry. Bjork yeah <laughs> not Baroque I don't know about Baroque um,
3: <laughs> yeah perhaps like Bjork definitely has like a vision and an idea and like it's quite narratively Um usually people say Joanna Neeson to
1: me I don't know if you know her stuff I'm not I know she has but I'm not hugely familiar with her dover I must say that probably shows up a massive lack of understanding in my part but fuck it man I'm human as well except my flaws
3: yeah your flaws (laughs) are brilliant
1: so being solo uh, and just doing that thing like you said that was just like a massive sort of change but you're also in bands when you play with other people as well Yeah. so presumably the the dynamic is hugely different
3: yeah I mean I've only really started playing in bands like for the first uh, you know two years or so that I was playing music as an adult it was always just solo I never really played with anyone else so then it was almost quite like a gear change going and starting to play with bands Um, and the first band that I started playing with it was just me and another girl who are both solo songwriters, so that was like kind of a nice transitional stage. And now I play in like another band as well, and we're all sort of come from different musical backgrounds. But um, I think I don't know if it's because I'm just like a, a bossy person, or if it's because I'm so used to being solo and just being able to be like, well, now I have time to deal with this thing, so now I'm going to book these train tickets, or uh, you know, message back this promoter, or like whatever. Uh, I find that I'm now being like, I'm, I'm maybe in, inadvertently uh, sort of taking the, the managerial yeah. position. That's the only the only odd thing that I've noticed going from a uh, solo to band.
1: Are you enjoying the sort of creative process of having other people chip into the musical ideas and stuff?
3: Sometimes, yeah. I think again, I, I don't know if it's because it's just me being a bossy person or just being solo. If uh, sometimes, like it sometimes I'm like wow this is like amazing like I could never record something that's like funny on my own like especially like the band that I play in with the other uh, singer song called Joyce Delaney and uh, a lot of the stuff we write just comes like straight she's also a very honest the other girl who, who writes and she's also a very honest uh, person and, and is really interested in trying to record uh, you know these portraits of her life stuff and so so quite often we'll have an idea but different experiences and then, and then come together and make something that's I think really funny or really interesting um, but then I can also find it quite difficult if, if like in a band somebody is like oh how about this bit and I'm like oh, I don't think that bit's right yet and they'll be like what about this and I'm like eh, maybe try again you know, I find it hard to sort of just let go but then at the same time when I think about it if I'm writing for other people in bands or if I'm just like you know kind of featuring or whatever on their stuff like I you want them to give you honest feedback and say that I'm, that's not quite what I want and maybe try something else so I think maybe I don't need to feel too bad about that
1: I don't think that's anything you should ever feel bad about because the way that I've always approached it is like if other people are not like reciprocal of your critique whether they like it or not then they're probably not someone you might spend a great deal of time with anyway because yeah. you're we're all adults you know what I mean and all our ideas are not awesome sadly they wish yeah, they were all yeah. awesome but they're totally not exactly
3: you have to work to better it because yeah. I guess that's what, yeah. if you write by yourself then you're constantly just doing that to yourself like oh that little bit's not quite right I'll go back to another day or whatever so yeah I guess it's not yeah so I'm probably worrying about nothing that's, that's put my mind
1: at ease I've never thought about that either about asking like a or songwriter it's like the, the self editorial process is that, is that a difficult one?
3: Um, probably not like I think um, things just tend to fall by the wayside if they're not very good or so I mean I'm a really really slow songwriter it can take me like you know probably it's probably like a six month average to get a song done
1: I'm so glad you said that I so much better oh yeah, yeah <laughs> like
3: but then, in a way that's interesting in itself because then, it, then you start to gain a different historical perspective on, on the situation you were trying to portray originally and sometimes you can get better material out of doing it that way I guess distance yeah 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 or, or just like oh wait what, that was what was happening? Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, it's not difficult it, it just feels really quite natural like uh, the way I like write songs is just playing them over and over again and then trying to stretch it a little bit more every time I play it and then being like, oh, that's not quite right and then I just forget about it or, uh, you know, play it and then, then I'll make up a bit and I'll be like, oh wait, that does sound good so then I think maybe my songs are quite sectional, so that's probably why they come out that way. Just because it, it's just a constant repetition and adding a little bit.
1: I, was, I spoke to Billy Lighter about this as well, and it seems pertinent to also ask you. Uh, um, your the lyrics are quite. No, I can't think of the words. My mind just went totally blank. <laughs> um, why can't I think of that word? I'm getting old, man. Literary in nature this literature uh, play a big part in your kind of writing, writing style with stay with and stuff
3: um weirdly no like I'm like I don't really read at all mm-hmm. um apart from just like news articles people put on Facebook <laughs> um yeah I, I don't know I just uh, I Just right. I like interesting sounding words, and but quite often I'll like write something, and I'll I'll be like I want to use this word that I have in my head, and I'll Google, and it actually means something completely different from what I <laughs> thought it meant, and then I have to just think of a new word that will fit in its place instead. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. No, I'm, I'm not. I wish I, I wish I did read more. Yeah.
1: Because it's also because of the sort of storyteller nature. So that's kind of why. I was oh wondering, yeah, you know, yeah. Because, but I guess people see themselves. It's been storytellers anyway like like Bruce Springsteen and stuff like that like it's don't necessarily need to be a big reader to be able to tell a story you know
3: yeah oh yeah well I'm really into the idea of of stories and and kind of having arcs and stuff like that like I think most of the time for me to write I need to have I need to already know what's going to happen at the end like J.K. Rowling famously said you know like most of the songs like the only way that I can finish them is I have like I know I kind of like map out what's going to happen in every verse in that sense, yeah, I guess they are quite, like,
1: book-like. It's quite methodical in this approach as well. As someone that comes from a punk background, it's usually, like... Because I, I do a lot of writing, it's, it's kind of a, of a sense of, like, I can't... I have to do one thing or the other. I can't do both. So when I do the lyrics, I'm never as good as they could, as, as they could be if I was writing a story.
4: Really?
1: Um, but because that kind of lines itself to me to say, obviously, what I play, though. Um, anyway, I hate talking about myself, so we'll move on. Um... <laughs> go back to the Joanna Newsom thing who are some of the songwriters that you look up to I love asking this question it's not even an influences question it's kind of more like who you, who you like Yeah. who makes you want to do it
3: well Joanna Newsom is like an amazing songwriter definitely um, her lyrics are like phenomenal um, and Aeneas Mitchell is also like an, one of like uh, the songwriters that I admire the most I started listening to her kind of uh, just before slash during the period where I was like ah oh, I should really should really be doing this and not just like messing around and not showing anyone these things that I'm trying to write um, Sufjan Stevens as well um, Final Fantasy um, who's like also uh, released stuff under one Palette I think is one of like has possibly one of the, the greatest musical minds uh, around right now uh, Yeah, those are probably like my top four but yeah uh, they're all phenomenal performers um, and, and amazing songwriters yeah.
1: I've, like, I've not heard of most of them, so I'll need to be oh, doing, doing my you will enjoy research when I, when I get home. <laughs> um, so, well, it's have kind of covered a lot of what I was going to say. Um,
3: I'm a big talker.
1: <laughs> that's good. I like talkers because I hate talking about myself, so that's good. Um, yeah, the most obvious question that's sitting right there. Um, the whole DIY ethos, is that, was that born out of nature, or do, of just having to do stuff yourself settle or is it something you've always been attracted to?
3: Um, yeah, I guess it's, like, a bit of both, like, it's always, like, something I'd be interested in, like, I listen to, like, punk and stuff when I was, like, grown up and stuff, and I was always, like, really interested in, in, a uh, kind of, political, like, social, political stuff, and, and so I was, like, aware of DIY culture when I was, like, before I ever really did music, but then I think at the start, like, I, I just didn't have any idea what I was doing, really, Uh so, like, the, the couple, of, like, the two or three of the recordings I got online just got done because a friend, like, offered to do them for me, and I just kind of got, I guess, got lucky and, like, met some nice folks who then offered to put me on in England, and then from that show, I kind of ended up, and then from playing shows in Glasgow, and just, just sort of, like, making friends with people, like, I kind of I guess fell into the DIY, like, quote-unquote scene, or whatever, but, like, definitely definitely I've I've never really been particularly interested in yeah uh, well I mean I don't really know what the alternative is I, I guess that's it's proof that I still basically have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> and so that's why I just do everything myself and like yeah CDs is like classic example like. Today, when I was in uh, work, I like used the printer to print off some more CD covers because I just don't actually know how to pay someone else to make <laughs> CDs for me, so I still burn every CD on not my to tell laptop. People that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's not the only reason I don't do it, but you know, that's just like kind of a, a, good, much cheaper. a good point to do it at home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah so. Probably for the numbers that I like. You know, use and sell. Uh, definitely, probably. I mean, but then again, I don't
1: know. <laughs> so the whole day, the whole have like scene, I guess, that you have, like, as you just said, kept falling into. Um, it makes me wonder. Like, the always the alternative is to to be like, you know, take push sc- <laughs> and try and be part of something else. Yeah. Which you're actually the first girl I've talked to, spoke to in this podcast. Um, just it's been really weird to try and get people like, to come on, oh. but. Like the alternative to not being in DIY seems to be going into an place, which is a lot more misogynistic sort of than than where kind of being in DIY seems to be a lot more accepting and just not full of dicks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> is that something that you think about as a female musician?
4: Um,
3: I guess it's like I wonder sometimes if it's if it's different because um obviously oh, so I play folk music so the you know we have like there's always been like a strong like female presence oh, so, yeah. and famous female songwriters in a way that maybe there's been less widely appreciated or widely credited f- females uh, in a kind of like punk and stuff like that though obviously there's been loads of them but it's just more in the sense of the of like the, the public's perception of that or whatever um, but yeah I don't I think I've been quite lucky I don't really apart from like the odd stuff that's like you know that the everyone kind of talks about like the microaggressions of like oh you know how to plug your guitar in or like whatever that sort of stuff like I don't from my experience anyway it's it's not there's not been so much direct aggression or whatever towards me as a woman in, in playing in like you know the kind of like you know normal folk scene uh, compared to like the DIY scene but like, I think it's important for me eh, to, to play in a place that is like or to play in a scene and be part of a scene that's like politically aware and trying to better itself Like, because obviously I mean I'm, I'm probably quite in a privileged position of like eh, you know walking through the world I probably don't I'm not the person who's going to be attacked for certain things or whatever um, but I think yeah that's why the DIY punk scene is like important to me I think to be part of just because I want to be part of a scene that's like actively talking about problems that we have in it rather than just being like well I'm fine so yeah. I don't think there's any problems
1: like sort of almost like yeah I know what you mean it's, it's staggering as well to think that those kind of microaggressions do happen you know like I've never seen it happen and like personally when I've been playing with or scene seen female bands you know what I mean but by the same token I'm not entirely surprised by just how how much bullshit is going on it there? Mm. And you're right. It's it's good to be part of a scene where it does actively address it and try to like talk about it and yeah. have, a, have a discourse yeah. about it. You don't really get anywhere else, especially after all the stuff that happened today. I don't know if you have seen about the Amber from the Dark Projectors. And um, basically, there's a really famous PR PR guy in, in America, and uh, for for years and years, like he'd just been a totally, a total misogynistic, asshole to women, including like uh, people like. Yeah, well he represented people like Speedy Ortiz and all that and uh another band to his name. I once again can't remember. Um really famous. Anyway, it's just come out today and he's like now quit. He's like PR company and stuff like that. Like you've like you was one of the guys that run it and stuff and just even seeing that, it's it's just like, man, I thought we were burning this. But in our sense I'm kinda like, Well, it's happened, let's talk about it, let's not shy away from it.
3: Exactly, yeah.
1: You know, which we need to Because... We were talking. I was talking to you and from Mom's about this as well. It's like it's always weird for for guys to talk about this kind of thing because it's like you know it's not really our place. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's all it's kind of odd. But yeah. Anyway, I'm rambling now, just often. <laughs> um, I'm going to wrap it up now. Is there anything else you want to say or anything you'd like to ask me before we finish?
4: Um.
3: No, I don't think so Thanks for having me I hope I haven't been too long-winded No,
1: you've been, you've been, you've been great Like Everybody says that I don't know why they worry like, Everybody loves talking about what they love doing I mean, People should worry about it, man You're great Don't worry about it, man It's cool <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much for talking to me I appreciate it well, Thanks very much Yeah, so the music wasn't that distracting, was it? I, thought it? I thought it gave it a nice sort of Ethereal background quality Even when they were playing something a bit heavier But I enjoyed it we did get a lot of funny looks just sitting in the corner talking, especially given how empty the cafe was. Like By the end, we were the only people left in there. I'm not sure if they were waiting for us to leave because they started cashing up and stuff, but they didn't ask us to leave, so I don't know. Anyway, it was really great to sit down and chat with Chrissy. She's uh, playing a whole bunch of shows. She's always playing shows. She's always doing something. So if you ever get a chance to catch her, I definitely recommend it. Um, I really... I really enjoy your music, I hope you really enjoy it as well. So yeah, thank you very much for listening. Please drop me a rating and review on iTunes if you can, really appreciate that, always appreciate that, I just like hearing from you guys and knowing that I'm doing something alright. The last couple of episodes have actually done really, really well and hopefully that will continue in the future. I think the wee break seems to have done something for my listening figures, so inexplicable, yes, but... I'm not going to complain about it. Anyway, I'm going to play you out now with another song from Chrissy. This song is from her Hazelnuts EP. And another song that I really, really like. The song itself is called Hazelnuts. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye.